Welcome to Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. It is Monday, February 24th. We're coming to you a little later than usual because of the trade deadline. We just wanted to see if the Lightning would make any last-minute trades before the deadline is over. It doesn't look like at this point that they will. We're going to talk about some of the big trades, the more notable ones that happened over the weekend as well as today later on. But before we get into all that, we'll be discussing a little bit about uh, the the AHL, ECHL affiliates, the, the, the Orlando Solar Bears, and the Syracuse Crunch, how they did over this past weekend. We'll get into the Arizona Coyote game recap. Uh, that was a tough loss there for the Lightning. Thank God they're back home uh, this Tuesday against the Maple Leafs. We'll talk about uh, how Boston did and what how they their loss this weekend affected the standings. Uh, we'll preview the the Toronto game as well. Uh, the Lightning signed Zach Bogosian to a contract for the end of this till the end of the seasons. We'll get into how how he could contribute to the team going forward. And like I said, we'll get into the trades as well, all the moves that were made that are notable. We won't to get we won't get into all of them just because there'll be too many to talk about as well as we won't have enough time. So, so the Lightning's ECHL affiliates, the Orlando Solar Bears, won five to one versus the Norfolk Admirals, and the Syracuse Crunch lost an OT against the the Springfield Thunderbirds, three to two. So we'll keep an eye how those teams are doing going forward. I said on my last episode that. I will be getting a list together of the Lightning's prospects and which players we could look forward to to see playing in a Lightning sweater and, you know, the upcoming future and, you know, who can we get excited about, who who is going to be the face of the franchise when when they finally come into their own and come up to the NHL and who what kind what what prospects we could look forward to who are maybe flying under the radar as well. So the boys were in Arizona completing their uh, West Coast trip. Uh, Saturday night, uh, trying to bounce back from a a bad loss in Vegas uh, a couple of nights before, and they came out and did what they they do best. They they got on the board first very early. So three fifty three into the first period, Anthony Sorelli chipped one in right on the doorstep from a nice feed from Alex Kalorn. Uh, like I said, you know, um, on Twitter Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter at at AP Danker, D-E-N-K-E-R on Twitter. Uh, I said that, you know, it seems on every scoring play the past couple of weeks, Alice Korn is right there in the thick of it, you know, doing something, whether it's corralling in a loose puck to make a nice pass towards the goal scorer or just, you know, being in the thick of it or whatever. He always seems to find a way to be involved in a lot of the scoring plays that the Lightning have. Um... But it was the same old story that happened in the Vegas game. Uh, you know, the Lightning get on the board real quick, and then it seemed like the other team just, you know, took it right to them right away and gave them an answer right away. And, uh, you know, that's something that I think going forward the Lightning will have to figure out is to, you know, I don't know if whether they get content after they score the next the first goal of the game. I don't know what it is really, but it just seems like they're, they're kind of laid back at certain points after they score a goal, but I think, you know, they'll they'll figure that out as they go along. So after that goal, Arizona became the more physical team, um, you know, and it kind of went back. You know, they were, they were fighting harder for the puck on the boards. Um, it seemed, and they, you know, they were, they were not letting the lightning do whatever they want on the ice, you know, um, whenever the lightning needed to clear the puck out of the zone, when Vasilevsky was under duress, it seemed like that, um, 
the Lightning were just passing it right back to the Coyotes and, you know, giving the Coyotes more scoring opportunities as well as, you know, not giving the Lightning a chance to make a line change, which contributed to a lot of um, some of the mistakes that the Lightning made in this game. Um, one thing that you're going to see, you're going to hear me, not see me because this is a podcast, uh, the one thing you're going to hear me talk about a lot as I recap this game is that the Lightning, the one thing that I think they they got away with during the winning streak is that they continued to let the opposing team skate into the slot and just camp out in front of the crease, which created a, a lot of traffic in front of whether it was Vasilevsky was in night in, in net uh, at one, one point, or was it, or McElnany, you know, he, it was, it was not helping out our goaltenders. Um, and I think maybe in this game that had a lot to contribute with the fact that, you know, they, they couldn't line, ch- they couldn't make a lot of line changes just because they were turning over the puck in their own zone. And yeah, we'll get into that as uh, we move on with the recap. Uh, one thing that stuck out to me as this game um, went on is that the Lightning were making too many passes, especially when they were on the rush. It seemed like they were trying to be too fine and trying to not really trying to be flashy but just yeah just trying to be too fine with the puck and just trying to make that extra pass like I understand you you know hockey's not a selfish sport where you know and this is not a selfish group at all either so I could understand them wanting to give each other the you know the, the opportunity to score a goal but in in certain situations you just got to shoot the puck that's really what it comes down to and even if it's not a good shot you got to take a shot so you know hopefully the guy the winger who's trailing or whoever is trailing on the play is right is in the right position to uh, get the rebound and put it right back back in so yeah um, and a lot of the passes, a lot of these passes, uh, you know, that they made that were unnecessary, they led to turnovers and that's what ended up being their kryptonite. And I think that it's maybe a bad habit that they fell into, uh, through the win streak. Um, but they, I'm sure they'll, they'll clean it up as they, you know, look to reset it, um, at home tomorrow night against the Maple Leafs. Another thing that stuck out to me, um, and I'm not going to get too much into it because, you know, if you really want to see what I'm talking about, you could just go in in the highlights, you know, um, I'm sure you could find it anywhere on the internet, especially NHL.com, is that they were rushing a lot of shots early on. You know, they they weren't really, they didn't have the puck uh, clean on the, on the stick and on the tape, and they were just, you know, as soon as the puck was in, you know, their vicinity they they were just trying to take the shot without even getting set and i think that led you know it didn't give them a lot of chances to score to to try and put a lot of good shot quality shots on net and i think that was their kryptonite early in the game as well um the one thing that stuck out to me that was a positive was that blake coleman uh newly acquired forward that they got uh that the lightning picked up from the new jersey devils uh, in the trade that they gave up for Nolan, Nolan foot and the first round draft pick that they got from the Vancouver Canucks is he seemed a lot more comfortable in this game. And like I said, in my last episode, and if you haven't listened yet, go, go take a look, uh, and listen is that, you know, he looked, he looked a lot more comfortable with his line mates. Uh, he started to play, uh, as he was advertised, you know, he was, he was advertised when, when they first made this trade is a player who is very physical, who could also put the puck on the net and who could also create a lot of chances. And I definitely saw a lot of glimpses of that in this game. So that's definitely the one positive that if you, you know, granted, whenever you lose seven to three, there's not really a lot of positives that you could take from a game, especially if you're the losing team. 
But uh, I think Lightning fans could look at this as the one positive is, you know, Blake Coleman, if he could get started, um, that would definitely, definitely help this team in the long term. You know, um, having a guy like that that could score as well as play uh, good quality defense. So uh, at 15.43, Vasilevsky made an incredible save on Carl Soderberg. Um, it looked like um, that Vasilevsky was... was was fooled on the deke from Soderberg uh, skating into the zone, and he he sprawled out a little earlier than you know you would like him to. He stuck out his pad, and then that turned into him sprawling out. And it looked like Soderberg had an easy goal, and then Vasilevsky just stuck up his glove as kind of like a desperation save, and he got enough of it as Soderberg couldn't really get lifted up in the air to go top shelf. And you know it was a great save for Vasilevsky. I think that was you know. Uh, a one thing that you could take away from this game as well is that you know Vasilevsky, even though you know the score doesn't see, justify it, he definitely gave them a lot of chances to stay in this game and to maybe turn the tide as the game went on. So just like in the Vegas game, uh, after Tampa scored the opening goal, uh, it didn't take long for the other team to 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 you know even even the tide as. At in seventeen thirty six into the first, Connor Garland ripped one through traffic that Vasilevsky, you know, never saw. I mean, he had zero chance to block it. There was a lot of shots in this game that the Coyotes took where um, I, I'm not entirely sure at what point in the first it was, or but there was a shot where um, the Coyotes took a shot on net and it wasn't, you know, it ripped went right past the Vasilevsky, hit the bat hit the, the end boards, and Vasilevsky never saw it. He was still facing the shooter. Um, he was still facing up ice as, as the puck was kind of behind the net. And, you know, that was something that was troubling that st- stood out to me because, you know, that was that goes back to the whole thing that I spoke about a couple s- moments ago is that there was the, the Coyotes did whatever they, you know, they did whatever they wanted in front of the net. Um, uh, they were a lot more physical in front. Uh, a lot of guys... On their on the Coyotes were able to just skate into the slot and park themselves right in front of the net, and that created a lot of traffic for Vasilevsky, where he didn't have very good vision in seeing where the puck was coming from. So you know that's something they definitely have to cl- clean up uh, going forward if they want to be successful. And there was a lot of a uh, lot of things that mirrored the Vegas game, and once again, one thing that showed up in the, the in this game as well as then in the Vegas game was. Um, you know, not a lot of time between goals for the Coyotes, where about a minute later after the Garland goal, Clayton Keller uh, ripped one through traffic and that, once again, Vasilevsky did not see. And, you know, I'm not going to beat a dead horse, but, you know, like like I just said a couple of seconds ago, you know, they the Coyotes did whatever they want. They, they, skated into the zone, they skated into the slot and they just parked themselves right in front of Vasilevsky. The, you know, there was a couple of shots that I saw where I, I had to rewind the game and I looked and I saw that, you know, it was, there was one, there was a couple of shots where there was multiple players on the Coyotes just standing in front of Vasilevsky. And that's just like, that's just not something that they can't, they can't, ha- that can't happen going forward. You know, if this team wants to continue to win, if they want to continue to make a push to, to give Boston some kind of challenge for this division, they can't let this happen. Cause you know, I don't care how good the goalie is. Vasilevsky, let's, Let's let's agree right now that Vasilevsky is the best goalie in the NHL, which he is. You know, there's no dispute about it. But you know, it doesn't matter how good he is. If he can't see the puck, he's not going to be able to block it. That's a, that's that's 
that's what it comes down to at the end of the day is that you, you need to give this guy you need to give Vasilevsky kind of a shot out there to to kind of see where the puck is coming from and you know to make the save so so I'm going to make another tidbit about uh, Blake Coleman you know another thing that was advertised is that he was very good on the power play and he showed it um, he was incredible on the PK he was swarming around pressuring the Arizona puck handlers and you know they need a guy like this especially when they're they're you know Tampa Bay is the kind of team that 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 seems to be on the power power play kill, you know, a lot. And I think they gave up, I think they were on the, the power play about four times in this game. And, you know, that's, I think that goes back to them being more disciplined. And I think that Coach Cooper is going to figure it out and is going to talk to these guys in, in practice and say, hey, you know, you, you can't win if you're always on the power play. If you're always trying to kill the power play and you're playing five on four out there, you know, where the chances of the Lightning being able to score goals and to win hockey games is going to be slim if they're always giving up, you know, three, four penalties a game. So that's definitely something that they also need to work on. So, But it is comforting to have a guy like Blake Coleman on the penalty kill as well. So after the, the Keller goal, you know, it was very uneventful. So at, uh, eventful rest of the, the first period. So at least the Bolts were able to go into the first intermission and kind of recollect themselves and try and figure out, you know, what they could do better going forward in the game. But the intermission did not seem to help them because 5.51 into the second, uh, Connor Garland threw a puck right towards the net that um, Carl Soderberg chipped in on the rebound, and that, that made it 3-1 from there. And like I said before, and I noticed it during the streak that you know Soderberg if you look at the replay Soderberg was able he was literally inches away from the crease and that's something you can't be having um if you want to give your goalie a chance you know like I said he's one of the best goalies in the league but at the same time you know if he has guys breathing down his neck in the crease or he can't see pucks flying through the traffic then how do you expect him to block shots and that's that's something that they need to figure out so then at 1353 Soderberg Pick up the puck on the turnover and skates into the slot. And the thing that um, kind of bothered me about this play, even though there wasn't a goal scored, was that um, it was a 2-1-1. And Sergachev was... Actually, it was not a 2-1 because I believe there was a trailing Bolts player right behind Soderberg on the play. But the thing that bothered me was that Sergachev uh, dropped to a knee right away, expecting him to pass. And he didn't really get up from there to to kind of challenge Soderberg. You know, on a play like that, I understand that, you know, you're you're trying to take away the one timer on the on the on the rush. But at the same time, if he doesn't go for the pass, go up and challenge him. Go up and challenge him. Try and stand him up. Don't just let him glide into the zone and take a free shot at, at Vasileski. You know, that's I don't know if that's a discipline thing or maybe Sergachev just read the play wrong. But uh, I'm sure Coach Cooper is going to talk to him about that at, after the game and, and practice today as they get ready for uh, the Maple Leafs. So 8:43 uh, at 8:43, Andre Palat uh, jams the rebound off a Cameron Gaunt shot, and and that makes the score 3-2 at that point. And you're kind of hoping as a Lightning fan as you're watching that 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 maybe that goal will kind of turn the game around and kind of tilt the ice in the Lightning's favor. As, you know, hopefully a goal like that will inject some life into this team. And it did because about two minutes later, Braden Point backhands one into the back of the net off a uh, 
fantastic feed from Steven Stamkos, who was uh, standing behind the net waiting for something to open up. So at least, you know, they tie it up at that point. You know, you have a little bit of life, and you can see these guys are really pumped up and amped up about it. So maybe at that point in the game, you're hoping that maybe the tide will tides will turn and, you know, finally they'll, they'll, they'll get back to playing the usual hockey that you expect from this team. And it was good to see Braden Point score a goal in this game, given that he missed uh, a game uh, with the flu, and it looked like the, the time off didn't affect them at all. So, you know, that's good to see in, in a player who's valuable, such as Point. But that theme of, you know, the other team being able to answer right away um, fit, rears its ugly head as, you know, 53 seconds later after the Point goal, Brad Richardson uh, one times a shot right in the slot off of a nice feed from Taylor Hall, which was kind of identical to the Point uh, Stamkos play as, you know, this tall Hall was behind the, the net near the end boards and he just set Richardson up right in the slot for a very nice goal and an easy one at that because, you know, Vasilevsky had no chance at a, at a shot like that, that close. And Arizona takes a 4-3 lead at this point. And I just want to give a little shout out to Luke Shen because he's a guy who I haven't mentioned much on the, on this podcast yet. And I really should because, you know, if you if you watch Luke Shen play, he's one of the hardest players on the ice. You know, he's constantly, constantly going at the puck handlers and just, you know, letting them know, hey, if you're going to go skate across uh, mid-ice with the puck, I'm going to hit you right into the boards. And that's what he did. So if you want to take a, a look at a very nice, incredible hit on, on Luke Shen that Luke Shen dished out, uh, go to 12-11 into the period coming off the commercial break and you'll see a replay of Luke Shen just laying a huge hit on Carl Soderberg. And um, the thing that I noticed after this, and I don't know if it was a result of the hit, maybe that kind of like amped up the boys a little bit, but they started to play with a lot more discipline and had a lot more crisp, clean passes, which, you know, if you watched some of the games prior to this, you could tell they the puck is constantly bouncing around the ice when the Lightning had possession, and that's not something you ever want to see. Uh, and it and it led to a lot of um, turnovers, but you know what? They, they kind of cleaned it up as the game went along. That was a good thing to see, a good adjustment that they made as the, the game went on. And at this point in the game, going into the third period, you, you want to take a note that Vasilevsky kept them in this game. You know, At this point, it's only 4-3, but he made a lot of tough saves where it could have been a bigger deficit going forward if he doesn't, you know, it could easily have been 8-3 or even, you know, 10-3 at this point because uh, the the Coyotes had a lot more chances. They, they had a lot more quality chances and uh, Vasilevsky definitely kept them in this game going into the third. So going into the third, uh, 11-51 into the third, Clayton Keller just risked one past Vasilevsky on the breakaway, and that's his second second in the game. And this just goes back to the bad habits that the Lightning keep bringing out. And it was a turnover. It was a bad turnover in the neutral zone that Keller just picked up off the boards, and he just skated in, and he did Clayton Keller things, and he just put it past Vasilevsky. You know, Clayton Keller is by no means a player that the Lightning should take lightly or any team should take lightly just because he's one of the young talents and a lot of people may not know how really good Clayton Keller is just because he plays in Arizona but you know he's a guy you definitely want to keep an eye on and you know I kind of was hitting myself on the head you know not previewing him when I was making the list uh, on the last episode of you know which players on this 
on this uh, Coyote team to keep an eye of. But yeah, going forward, if these two teams do meet, which I do not believe so, I believe this is their last meeting of the season. I could be wrong just off the top of my head. Clayton Keller is definitely a guy that you want to keep an eye on anytime he's on the ice. So towards the end of the third period, the game kind of started to get away from the Lightning. Uh, at 14:28 into the third, Connor Garland tipped one in on the power play. Uh, Tampa Bay challenge for goalie interference. Now, if you look at the replay, Garland uh, gets pushed into the crease and he just falls flat on his stomach in the the crease, uh, right where Vasilevsky is, you know, allowed to stand, of course. And the thing is, is that I had a problem with this, and you know, this is by no means any fault of the Lightning, but uh, he was pushed down to the crease, and he basically sprawled, taking up the entire crease. And I don't understand how, after uh, Tampa Bay challenges, I don't know how, if if you're the league, you look at this replay and you call it a good goal. Uh, Garland made no attempt to get up, and he knew what he was doing. He was sprawled out. He was right behind uh, Vasilevsky, and Vasilevsky had no chance to make the save on, it, on this play. You know, the, I guess the argument they made was that the fact that uh, the puck was already in the net by the time... Uh, Garland, quote-unquote, interfered with Vasilevsky. I, I, I don't buy that. I'm sorry. Just because if you look at the replay, Garland falls, and he makes no attempt to get up to try to not interfere with Vasilevsky. And he clearly he clearly interferes with Vasilevsky's ability to make the attempt on, on the save and on the on the shot, and that's it's absolutely ridiculous. So I think... Um, I think the Lightning kind of got the short end of the stick, and unfortunately, they were down 6-3 at this point after this, and and I think that they were just looking to, to try and just get out of this game as fast as possible so they could just go home, because they definitely have had a tough time on this road trip on the West Coast, and you know it's always good for a team who's struggling to, to go back home and kind of reset. So before the game ended, uh, the Coyotes tacked on one more, 18-46 le- uh, into the third, and Derek Stepan ripped a one-timer on a 2-1-1 breakaway to make it 7-3. And, you know, it's unfortunate when a, a team w- loses by four goals, especially in such a way like this. But, like, I, the good thing is that they're back home on Tuesday and they get to reset things. They get to be back in their own houses, their own beds with their families. So maybe being back home will definitely help this team turn things around after losing two tough games takeaways from this game um every now and then i'll do something like this where i'll just talk about some of the things that stood out to me during the game and you know what lightning fans could keep an eye on going forward to see if the team does make adjustments and my first takeaway is that the need the 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 team needs to do a better job uh, consistently handling the puck uh early in the game after they scored the goal they kind of went back to you know kind of just not not having crisp puck handling poor puck management um and a number of bad turnovers a couple of those turnovers led to goals as well in this game just like they did in the vegas game um you cannot my second one is you cannot let the opposing team camp out uncontested in front of the net um there was a couple of times if you look closely at um the game if you want to rewatch it and just watch it in its entirety just keep an eye on front in front of vasileski you'll see a couple of skaters uh just skate without anyone even noticing in front of Vasilevsky. And by the time the defenders notice that this these guys are camped out in front of the net, it's too late. You know, Vasilevsky can't see the see the shot being taken. And it's either already in the back of the net or it's already behind him and he has no idea where it is. Uh, and my third takeaway is they need to keep applying pressure after scoring the first goal. 
uh, and I mentioned that earlier in this recap, and it, it just seems the last two games, and I hope this is just a little funk that they're in, is that after they score the first goal to open up the game, they, they kind of sit back and, you know, I wouldn't say relax, but they, they don't continue applying pressure, especially on teams like this. Um, you definitely want to you definitely want to apply the pressure after this first goal because then they're they're already they're already on in the hot seat and they they definitely now you're playing from behind early in the game so you already have that advantage why not keep applying pressure trying it too early in the game so but i don't understand maybe it was just the fact that this is a tired team and that they're on a road trip and that they were just clamoring back to get back to tampa so they could just begin their homestand i'm not really sure i'll keep we'll, we'll keep an eye on that on the next game when they play the Maple Leafs, um, and I'll talk about it on the next episode. So that's it for the game recap. But And like I said on the other episodes, um, we're going to discuss Boston. Obviously, the Lightning are in the midst of a tough divisional race against Boston in the Atlantic Division. Just to update you, uh, Boston played Vancouver this weekend, and they did lose 9-3, to so that was good. That, you know, it's always helpful when the team that you're chasing in the division uh, also loses when you lose. So, But as of today, Monday, uh, Boston is sitting atop the division still at 90 points. And Tampa's right behind them with 85. So they definitely do, they didn't lose much ground. I believe last time I updated you guys on the division, I believe it was Friday, I spoke about it a little bit that Boston was up by three points, and you know now they tacked on t- uh, two more to make it a five. But five points is something that could definitely be made up over the next couple of games, especially since Tampa Bay is back at home. Uh, they'll be playing the Maple Leafs, uh, the Flames, and the Blackhawks this week. So they'll get a couple of chances to uh, go in closer on Boston. So uh, Boston and the Lightning don't play till Tuesday. So Boston's at home versus the Flames. And then Tampa, obviously, like I mentioned, will be at home versus the Maple Leafs. So we'll, I'll definitely keep an eye on it, and I'll update you guys on the next episode about you know how the division race is going to shape up towards the end of the season. So obviously, I will keep you updated as the games and the season progresses on. If you've been a listener of this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Lightning is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Lightning fans just like you. Unlike other podcasts, Locked On gives you your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners. Not just any podcast listener, a Locked On podcast listener. Your company wants to connect with the Lightning fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income than... Then let's put your company right here on the Locked On Podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word advertising to 33777 or visit Locked On Podcast backslash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your, your team achieve Locked On Advertising success. Once again, text the word advertising to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com at adver- backslash advertising. We'll look forward to hearing from you. So the Lightning will... Look to reset uh, on Tuesday as they face uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs at home after, you know, snapping that 11-game win streak and losing two tough games in a row. Uh, the Leafs' last game, they they lost as well. They lost 6-3 to the Hurricanes, who were by no stretch a team not to be underestimated. Uh, Toronto, as you know, is, of course, in the Lightning's division. They're at the Atlantic division. They're 13 points behind 
Tampa Bay and the Atlantic. So, you know, the, like I said on prior podcasts, that the Lightning and Boston are kind of leading the two-horse race in the Atlantic Division right now. So, well, I'll definitely go more in depth into the game preview tomorrow uh, as we get you ready for the tomorrow night's game. So, a little house cleaning, just to update you on some transactions and signings before you know we end the show. The Lightning signed defenseman Zach Bogosian to a one-year deal worth $1.3 million. Bogosian has played 636 NHL games with the Sabres, the Jets, and the Atlantic Thrashers. Atlanta Thrashers, who he was uh, drafted by third overall. Um, he's tallied 53 career goals and 194 points. Uh, this year, he's played 19 games with the Sabres before he was let go and became an unrestricted free agent. Uh, I stressed in prior episodes that the Lightning do need to... Uh, pick up more size on their bottom their bottom uh, lines and you know even though he's not a forward which you know I wish the lightning went after a big forward um, whether it was in the trade deadline or picked up a free agent uh, you know Bogosian is I, I don't mind him, mind having him just because you know he's a big boy he's 6'3", 226 pounds so definitely having that size and having someone who could you know help help the lightning right now with their their um, defensive issues especially the one I stressed a lot on this episode before and that's uh, letting uh, opposing team players uh, camp out in front of the net so maybe you know we could get a big body like him on the ice he could definitely help out the lightning going forward. So obviously with the trade deadline ending today, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of trades coming in uh, before this episode as well as after this episode. So I'm not going to be able to get to all of them for you. I'm just going to update you on the most notable ones. Uh, So the Montreal Canadiens traded forward Ilya Kovalchuk to the Washington Capitals for a 2023rd round draft pick. That's definitely going to help the Capitals um, on their offensive attack. Uh, Kovalchuk's having a very... Um, impressive season for someone who was out of the NHL for a, a number of years. And, you know, a lot of people thought that maybe he was washed up uh, coming into this season. You know, there's a lot of murmurs going around that I heard, especially um, in the beginning of the season, that Kolchuk isn't the kind of guy who likes to work hard. You know, he kind of doesn't want to put the, the work in on the in practice he's kind of um like a Yamir Yager type player who doesn't really practice that much and you know that's not something you really want to have a reputation for but he's definitely proved it on the on the ice uh with the with the limited time he's had with the Canadians this year so that'll be f- interesting to see how him and Alexander Ovechkin pair up as the season goes along Edmonton Oilers acquired defenseman Mike Green from the Detroit Red Wings for Kyle Brodziak and a conditional fourth-round draft pick. So that definitely helps Edmonton out on the defensive side as they try to make a push towards the playoffs going forward. The New York Islanders picked up forward Jean-Gabriel Pajot from the Ottawa Senators for a 2021st-rounder and a 2022nd-round draft pick, as well as a conditional third-round draft pick for the 2022 uh, NHL draft. So, you know, the Islanders are definitely all in. Um, it's That's a good sign for the Islanders to try and pick up a, a good goal scorer who could help them out on the maybe the second or third line in John Guerrero Pajot. So we'll definitely see how he fits into their system as well going forward. And last but not least, uh, this is a trait that happened a little while before I started recording the show, and that's the Pittsburgh Penguins picked up forward Patrick Marlowe from, San, from the San Jose Sharks for a conditional 2021 third-round draft pick. So a lot of teams are making a push to try and bolster their team, their rosters for the upcoming playoffs. So it's definitely going to be a tight one and definitely going to be a very intense one going forward. Um, so the Lightning 
definitely have their 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 plate full with trying to get back to playing you know uh trying to play stereotypical lightning hockey and that's high Chris clean uh offensive attack so we'll definitely see how they they fare against some of these teams that um are in the Eastern Conference going forward because they might definitely have to face either like Washington or you know the Islanders or definitely the Penguins. So we'll definitely see going forward how those pickups um, help those teams and help their chances go, how far they could go in the playoffs. Uh, so that's pretty much it for today's episode. If you have any questions or comments, I would love to hear from you guys. Cont- you could tweet at me on my Twitter page at APDDanker. On Twitter, that's A-P-D-E-N-K-E-R, Danker. Or you could tweet to the Locked On Lightning Twitter page at L-O underscore lightning. Or shoot us an email at LockedOnLightning at gmail.com. That's it for the episode, everybody. I'll talk. To, I'll be back tomorrow to preview the, light, the Lightning Maple Leafs game. Have a go on. Happy Monday, everybody. And also, before I go, I would just like to say happy congratulations to Alexander Ovechkin on achieving 700 career goals. You know, that's no small feat. Um, he's definitely one of the greatest goal scorers in NHL history. So maybe he could pe- keep up the pace and maybe take a shot at uh, trying to close in on Gretzky's record. So we'll definitely keep an eye on him going forward as hockey fans. So once again, have a happy Monday. I'll see. You, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow, and we'll preview the, the Lightning Maple Leafs game uh, for tomorrow night. Go Bolts, everybody.